Welcome to another episode of Meta Athletes, the Playbook, where we bring our coaches' insights directly to our community. And um, there's been some exciting times, Coach B. We've been chatting about this on uh, Spaces. We've been chatting about this with our community, and we've been pretty vocal. You and I have definitely been pretty vocal on Twitter about uh, about just some of our. I don't even know if I want to call it a passion. For me, it kind of is a passion because I've been interested in these things for years. Uh, but it's finally panning out, and it's it's, it's shifting and forming in a way that is. Uh, highly beneficial or potentially highly beneficial for us uh, being early. And um, if if you've been following NFTs and crypto and Web3 or even just even just any type of investment, there's usually a lot of benefit. And people always say, you know, it's going to get in a ground level. It's going to get in, you know, when you're early. And uh, these are one of those opportunities where, you know, we stuck around and uh, we got beat up a little bit in NFTs and Web3 and we've definitely taken some losses. And, and we've, um, when I say losses, I, I always like to equate it, and you and I both, to uh, mm-hmm. to taking some wins. And actually, uh, yep. her crypto in our community on uh, Spaces the other day was talking about how she was taking some L's, but it wasn't yeah. losses. She was taking some lessons. That was good. But that was good. I, I really like that one. But um, yeah, it's it's been interesting because you know we've seen this evolution of, of NFTs and Web3. We've seen teams come in. We've seen teams leave. Uh, we've seen friends come in. We've seen friends leave. And, uh, you know... Right now, I feel like we're, it's almost like we're being rewarded for continuing to play the game and we're being 100%. rewarded for, for being active participants, continue to show up. And, um, you know, sometimes I wake up and maybe I feel like I'm a little bit crazy, or maybe sometimes I feel like I'm a little bit of a genius for, for <laughs> continuing to show up because honestly, you, you just don't know like what could happen. And I think that, um, you know, working with Fanzo for me has been kind of, uh, just helps me understand like what it means to be an early adopter and how uh, tough it can be. It can really beat you up. Uh, there's not a lot of momentum sometimes, and um, but then it can quickly shift. And so, I think what uh, what the the beauty of meta athletes and everything that we're building is we're really dialed in and focused on principles, like life principles and things that when when your bag is really up and your investments are really up, you know, we we still want to prioritize our principles. And same thing on the opposite way, right? When it's going really bad. Are you are you making sure you're balancing your nutrition, your sleep, uh-huh. your fitness, your mental? You know, are you are you maintaining relationships? And so, I, I, that's what I love about what we're doing is because it's so impactful for both sides. Or if it's just sideways, we continue to get better, right? And so, um, there's a lot of great things that we can mention. But I, I think today's episode, we really want to dive into, and you know, we have some great baseball players in our in our community. Um, we have some great coaches in the in the in the baseball world in our community. And I think. What I love equating this to when people like you yeah. know, people are reaching out to us and like, oh, congrats on Pepe, congrats on Beach. yeah, yeah, congrats. And uh, the one thing I tell them, and they're they're like, you know what? I just like I'll, I've been burnt too much. I didn't want to get involved. And my response, like my instant thought process, is we can only get hits and home runs and doubles and and triples and singles if we continue to swing the bat. And so yeah, that's that's what I love about this is we we didn't really stop uh, you know participating, doing our own research. Uh, gauging and, and trying to, you know, screen who's building, why is this legitimate? And maybe it's a culture play, right? Like Pepe is a, is totally a culture of meme play, but we're not new to this. Like this has happened before. And yep. so for us to do the research and be like, you know, there's, there's history here. There's, there's been a, there's been historical data to show us that people care about this and they, they want to actively participate. And in the, in a sense of millions of people, you know, like I think Shiba token has a million holders and Doge probably has something similar. And What's interesting to me is, um, you know, going into this thinking, one, we're early and there's benefits there, but also um, as an investment, and this is what you and I were chatting about on Spaces, is it's the same reason we get to stocks. It's the yeah. same reason we invest in other things. And we're looking to um, 
you know, we're looking to place our finances and, and our and our money and place it somewhere where it could potentially earn us something over Absolutely. time versus just sitting in a bank or just sitting somewhere. Yep. And so, um, I, you know, of course, there's a, there's a huge difference between a culture meme token versus a legitimate tech business that is building, you know, a legitimate or service. But the actual experience of, you know, buying something and just kind of watching the charts and watching news, like, like, it's exactly the same, right? And so, um, you know, you kind of, you pull away a little bit and you're like, you know, do I want to make my money on a meme token versus making my money on a merging tech that, you know, is really making a huge impact in the way that businesses do or, or you know, build in, in their world? Yes, there's, of course, there's a difference there. But at the same time, I almost, it's almost indifferent to it, right? Like it could be like me investing into a tech company that I don't even use or have any experience with or yeah. maybe I have no touch points with and I'm just one step away. But if it brings a return, then it brings a return, right? And I view the the meme token not so much as a scam because what's the difference between, um, you know, buying a stock when it's low and then using somebody as Isaac liquidity? <laughs> that's really well, right? There's like, no difference. It's, it's the same. It's the same principles, and and I think that that's what's uh to me. It's like when people have this argument of like, you know, it's just a meme or it's just something that you know shouldn't be taken seriously. Um, it, that. I always respect people's opinion. I always yeah. like that's you know I totally understand what you're saying. I understand your perspective, but um, I only see this as opportunity. I only see this as Apple or Mastercard or you know these stocks that are you know. I only see the opportunity, but um, I always respect people's opinion because I think that's important, right? But it is. You remember when we talked about it a couple weeks ago though, where where we saw success leaves clues, right? Like that was right. our whole episode, like right. You know, if if you've if you've noticed Sheeb and if you noticed Doge and you notice like what had happened over the last couple of years with those sort of like meme tokens, you can start to gain some historical reference to what the potential of Pepe could be. And I think that's what that you saw before, you know, within our circle before anybody. And you were you were the one who like pushed me over the edge to be like, all right, let's you gotta get some. And that was really it because I remember like I remember the Doge run up. I remember the Sheeb run up and I remember reading about all those things and and I remember hearing of all the success cases of those those early adopters or those early investors and the amount of wealth that they were able to make. But what we're seeing with, with Pepe is is a little bit different too because it's different than investing like an Apple stock, right? Like if I have Apple stock, like I have no significant impact upon the the price action of what Apple is gonna do, right? That's all gonna be based on their board of directors and what their CEO and what everybody that works there does. With Pepe, it seems like, or anything in Web3, like we are active participants within driving the the brand of 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 the coin or whatever, you know, you know, kind of project that we're in involved in. Like we are we have a voice. Like we uh we can help market, we can help brand it, we can help push it, we can tell tell other people about it. And it's uh and then when you're involved in it on the inside, and it's not we're not on the inside, but when you're involved on that level, it's it has a lot more passion and it has a lot more purpose behind it, you know. And then you're more likely to share it with other people because you truly believe in in what it could be. So, right now we're winning. <laughs> I agree. I mean, I I mean, I agree and I disagree because I totally understand where you're coming from. But at the same time, if 10 million people were tweeting about Apple stock right now, it could make a difference, right? Like, could. there's this there's this you know opportunity for our voice to come together and make a difference. And, um, you know, there's a, 
you know, people talking about the speculation NFTs on Web3, I mean, the speculation in stocks is also the same, right? I mean, we've seen, mm. um, I know recently, what was it? I think it was um, Bard, the um, the the AI tool, the AI chat, uh, Bard, which I think is a, a Google product, um, you know, did a live demonstration and it basically just kind of messed up on uh. its its answer and, and, and provided a, a, a false narrative or a false answer based off of like a, a certain like telescope in space or something like that and in terms of like being the first or being the, the basically on a live demonstration in front of like tons of people in terms of millions of people online it, it basically just messed up and instantly affected the stock right um but at the same time we also saw you know elon changed uh the twitter logo to uh yeah to, doge. To doge right and instantly it shoots up and so um there are these like huge moments that certainly affect the price, but the reaction, like, you know, people, like if millions of people start talking about this and it gets trending on Twitter, like that, that could make a difference, right? Mm -hmm. uh, in a stock and a meme token and an NFT. And so, um, yeah. but what you're saying is it, it's different because there's not really a board of directors. There's not really, a CEO. No. there's not somebody like leading a vision. It's actually the community that, that is pushing everything forward. And uh, it's both a scary, and an exciting time because on, on one end, and we saw this with a few of these NFT projects we've done into where it's very similar. You know, the, the team doesn't really put out a lot of information. There's a lot of speculation. The community starts to uh, take its own lead and it can go one, like one of two ways. It can continue to, to attract people or things can happen and, you know, it could really kind of implode. And, um, you know, there's a lot of projects that I look at and I don't tell you guys till like one or two days later after <laughs> I see it because I want to like, I want to see it. I want to see like what's going on and I want to see what people are talking about. And I want to hear them like hear their voice on spaces to see if I can hear the conviction in their voice or if they're just like, uh, you can kind of hear like they're just really like looking to pump this thing so that they can, uh, they can find a quick exit. And, you know, Nakamikos was a big project where I was like, man, there's a lot of conviction here. You know, people are really, really yeah. interested. And then two weeks later, go to those same spaces and people are, that, now they're fighting against each other. Now they're like, you know, now yeah. they're competing against each other and, you know, they're calling people out for selling and it's like, okay, this tops, you know, there's a lot of toxicity here that is now it changes my judgment of the overall movement, right? Um, what's interesting about these meme coins that I wasn't there for early Shiba or Doge, um, but, you know, I can only imagine um, the vibes, the the culture, the, the way that people were acting is probably pretty positive because they started at such a small market cap that they only saw a rise, right? There wasn't like a, there probably wasn't like huge fluctuations. I mean, it probably, you know, were consistently rising and through that process, you can develop a pretty strong community, right? Because people are not only financially invested, but they're spending time in a, in a community that's continuing to generate momentum, continuing to generate, uh, these, these feelings of excitement yeah. at the time. And so, um, yeah, it, it is really interesting. I think we're starting to see that with Pepe. I mean, we're, we're, we're now seeing people that were like calling the top a couple of days ago are now like, you know what? I got it. And yeah. I heard you guys on spaces and I wasn't going to do it, but now I'm in. And, um, and so I, I feel the same way about NFT projects is if you can continually produce good experiences over time, you got to build a certain loyalty, right. Versus, um, continually getting wrecked because of speculation or continually, you mm -hmm. know, maybe it's a founder that has a vision or puts on a vision, but they're not executing on the vision. Like that's not a great experience. And so, um, yeah, it is interesting, but we'll go back to the original concept of, of why we wanted to put out this podcast is we kept swinging the bat, right. And, mm -hmm. um, we struck out 
couple times. We got a few hits along the way, and this one is starting to feel like a home run or a grand, a grand slam. But we'll only know if we continue to to participate. And um, you know, I think that where I want to tie this in, Coach B, for today's episode is. Uh, from a, a book I read a couple of years ago that really made it like a lasting impact on me and, and being an entrepreneur, but also not only for my business, but also for uh, clients, for people that, you know, I was working with and consulting with uh, this concept of, you know, we can't be too focused on just winning the game in front of us, but we need to be building. We need to have this growth mindset. Like we always talk about of, of having this infinite game mindset of just staying in the game. Can we stay yeah, in the game yeah. long enough so to reap the benefits of, you know, continuing to be, uh, it could be in your industry, it could be in business in general. Um, but, you know, Simon Sinek's book, The Infinite Game, he lays out these principles and these principles are, um, you know, are, are honestly like our path, like the way that we built MedAthletes, we we kind of like launched and then we started to quickly adopt these principles. And so, you know, the first one, yeah. the first one that we have, you know, first principle, advance a just cause, right? Like have something worth pushing forward. And, you know, for us, we had this idea of what we wanted to build. And then we brought in some great minds, people like Carl Pally, we brought in Fanzo, we brought in Lee Elias, my good friend yeah. Lee Elias, we brought in you, Coach B. We brought in all these other coaches and and Katie Brinkley, for example. Like we brought these people and we developed a mission uh, of helping our community win in life, especially physically, mentally. To me, that was the just cause. That was mm-hmm. like the, you know, all of us are uniting to push forward something that not only the team is is interested and and passion filled with but also the community can get behind right and we always have this conversation of like you know not just being a coach-led team but a, a team-led team yes. and having this just cause is something that people can get behind and that's what's so important about being mission driven and um the second big principle of this of this book is uh building trusting teams and so that's exactly what we did right like we started with me and kevin we brought in some more people and not just not just people to help us like win but people to help, you know, like bringing you in was such a no brainer for me because we share these, these, this, we shared the same just cause, right? Like yeah. we were both driven 100%. By but talk about trusting teams. Like, you know, we hop on a podcast and maybe I don't make it and you jump on. I have zero doubt that, you know, you're going to push everything forward. You're going to not only represent, you know, what we're doing in the proper way, but I trust you to, to leave a, a lasting impression on, on what we're building why we're building it and what's significant. And to me, like, that's the significance of building a trusting team, right? Like it's, it's I can truly lean on you and vice versa. I can offer a podcast exactly. or maybe you can't make it, or um, maybe I, I'm running spaces and you're, you're running a team, you know, IRL and you're not able to make it. Like there's no, I, I, I guess I, I feel very little like doubt that it's going to go how it's supposed to go. And I think that that's so important. And I think, you know, part of this process is, is we're going to find more people like that and maybe not just team members, but community members, right? Yep. You know, like you and I woke up today to a great tweet from a community member talking about how- Oh, that was awesome. Meta, meta athletes is a prime mm-hmm. example of what Web3 teams- That was awesome. Like. And like, in my opinion, I'm like, man, like I know we're doing some great things, but there's so much th- there's so much uh, more that we can do and there's so much more that we could be, um, you know, building. And I look around and, and view these other teams and I'm just like, you know, the, their tech is high level- um, you know, they're pulling in these CEOs from big web two companies and, um, you know, there's a lot going on that, you know, I think would probably, you know, gain a little bit more attention from, uh, from community members, but that is essentially why we exist, right? Like this is our just cause and, and we're making a positive impact. We're helping not only the holder, but his family win in life. And that's, that's yeah, and so, that's impactful. It is. And that's, that's, 
that's why we're here, right? I, I you know, message back. I'm like, this is why med athletes exist. It's, it's to make positive mm-hmm. impact. And to me, like, we had two great things happen this week. One, we had we launched a really great partnership, and we're we're extremely pumped up about that. But that tweet, honestly, is like top of the charts for me in terms of like, this is why we exist. This is why we're doing what we're doing. But the partnership is important for us because it allows us to create more opportunities for for experiences like that to happen. So yes, there's yep. also a lot to look forward to. Um, the the third one, and this is one that I want to kind of shoot over to you, B, is uh, study worthy rivals. Mm-hmm. And you know where we see this in the business world is uh, this. Simon Sinek uses a great example is you know he's a speaker, like a world renowned mm-hmm. speaker, author, you know multiple times bestseller. And uh, his worthy rival is another speaker and, and multiple, you know, best-selling, uh, best, best-selling uh, author. And what's interesting to me is they, you know, it started off with him speaking on stage and, and him talking about how, you know, he kind of like gets jealous of this guy because he gets, you know, maybe- I think I've heard this story. Him. Yeah, it's it's him and Adam Grant. Yeah, that's what I thought. Talking about how, you know, they, they both kind of, come from the same place, but for whatever reason, he might get the better speaking engagement or he might get the better mm-hmm. uh, panel to be on or opportunity to collaborate. And um, what started off as jealousy quickly turned into, this is good, healthy competition, right? Because I could see what he's doing and I could understand, you know, are there things that I need to be doing better or things that I need to change and kind of using it as an opportunity where it's not, it's not so much, it, it is a little bit of me versus him or us versus them, yeah. but the the ultimate goal is to put yourself in a position where it's it's healthy competition. You know, like mm-hmm. when you're a kid you, and your parents or your coaches always tell you, you, you want to put yourself in a position where you're playing against better competition to, to elevate yourself, right? So it's not the idea of me beating him. It's the idea of, of us elevating ourselves through that healthy competition. And so I'm kind of curious, you know, study worthy rivals is the principle. Mm-hmm. When you think about that, when you think about that, is it is it coming from a place of... Um, you know, who are other strength and conditioning coaches, high performance coaches out there, similar positions as you, but maybe they get some type of opportunities. Like, does that ever come to mind for you? I think it used to. Um, at this stage of my life and my career, I don't know if I've, if I, if I think that same exact way. Like, and and I have not read this book. Um, I'm looking forward to. It. I'm going to add it to my list. But um, I did hear Simon Sinek speak about that and uh, the 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 competition with Adam Grant and how it actually raised him to be better. Um, but for me, like I, the way the strength conditioning field kind of works and it happens in a lot of like fields when you're trying to compete for a job, sometimes your skill set goes out the window because it literally, it's a game of who do you know, you know, and it's a game of networking. And that's where some of those opportunities arise And some people get opportunities and get jobs and get positions, not because of what they know or but because of who they know. But okay, let's let's stop right there. Like, this is a prime example of you studying about where they rival, coming to that conclusion. Does it not ignite you to want to increase your network and increase yes. your ability to go to a degree? Yeah, that yeah. Want to to get to know you so they can understand how you're a great fit, right? Yeah. So like, I think that's a prime example, right? It's something that's like, you know, if you weren't studying why these other people maybe were getting these positions or they were being uh, given opportunities to speak, or you know, I think that that's extremely important. Me and Vincent talk about this all the time. You know, we being in the speaking world himself, you know, we realize that um a lot of his gigs come from networking with other speakers. And it's it's not about, you know, trying to sell yourself on stage or bring out pieces of content of you speaking on stage. Like that's great. 
But if the reality is a speaker spoke somewhere and they're probably not going to be speaking there again the following year, just because they, you know, they, there needs to be a change or needs to be some, you know, um, a, a total um, refresh on, on who the speakers are, then guess what? They have a lot of trust with that team. And now they can say, you know what? I know you guys aren't going to pick me this year, but you should, you should talk to Fanzo. Fanzo is perfect yep. for this game. And if that happens 15, 20 times, you can make a speaking career out of that. Right. And so, um, I, I love that concept that you're talking about where it's like, it's not really you versus them, but what can you extract from what's going on in reality to elevate yourself? Yeah. So maybe it's, it's elevating you to network more and, and yeah. try to understand how you're going to put yourself in these positions. Yeah. So I think it's a little bit, yeah. So I agree with that a hundred percent in that it's not necessarily studying what like my other colleagues might know, but like it's what they do and how they do it. And those are, I guess that's the way I get, you know, they can study worthy rivals to, to try to garner positions or try to, you know, to tr try to gain attention or an audience a little bit more. Uh, it's, you know, I think that's probably what it's about. And the same thing, even like when we're trying to build, build teams and get them prepared for, co for competitive aspects, it's not so much about like, well, what is that school doing or what is that team doing? You know, it's how are they doing it in context of everything else that they do, right? Because where I'm getting this question now, right? Because, you know, you know, we won, we won at a high level. So people are asking like, oh, what are you doing? I'm like, it's not one thing that we do. Like, I got this question the other day. It's like, oh, what do they do for testing? Like, that doesn't matter. Like, what we do for testing matters so much insignificantly in, in terms of the context of everything that it is that we do. You know, and, and that's where I think you can really garner some insights is if you're, if you want to study something, you got to go all in, right? And you got to be able to understand like what it is. Well, what, first understand why. Why do they do what they do? And then try to examine what they do and how they do versus in just looking. I think sometimes we get wrapped up in what are they doing instead of thinking, why are they doing that? Right, right. You know, and if you can understand why they're doing it, then it'll allow you the, the, to reflect on what it is that you actually do. And then maybe you can tweak things because everybody's context, everybody's environment, everybody's situation is going to be somewhat different. But if you can understand why somebody might be doing something, then it, it allows you, the individual, look inside to say, what can I do better within the frame of what, where I am currently? So I think that's probably the best way to look at it too, is that when you're studying others, try to pull back the curtains as much as you can and ask, why are they doing that? Why are they doing that in that situation, in that context? Why are you doing that exercise? Why are you saying those things? Why does that matter? Like, that's where I think you can really study instead of just saying, oh, this is what they're doing. I see uh, they're doing this on Instagram. Oh, that, that, that must be why they went. Like, that's, that's not why they yeah. went. Yeah, well, I think the, the language of the principle is also important too. Um, yeah. if, let's look, look back to it. Study a worthy rival, right? It's not just a rival. It's not just like, let's go pick somebody. Yeah. And, and, but but how if if we're a company and we're doing $100 million a year, but we want to do 250, let's go find the company in our industry that does $250 million a year. So finding that worthy rival, I think is important because it's just like being a 12U athlete and trying to play at a 14U level, right? Like it, yes. how, can I, how can I go find a worthy rival where, you know, maybe right now, the first two, three months of the season, is going to be really tough for me, but ultimately you're elevating yourself, right? And so I think that that's, you know, when I think about NFT projects, I think about morphing, you know, agencies, it's never been about, um, it's never been about our revenue versus their revenue or our client versus their client. It's always been, you know, let's study, you know, why this company does 75 grand a month versus, mm. you know, what we do or what is it about them? Is it 
Um, is it just dedication to their clients? Is it are they continually finding better premium leads that pay more and maybe don't aren't as you know nitpicky about small little things? That's what I want to know so that we can elevate ourselves to get to that point where we want to be. But um, we'll switch over, Coach B. There's two more principles. Uh, the next one I think is a really interesting one because we've seen this, but we also have great examples of this. It's uh, prepare for existential flexibility. And to me, you know, what that means is when we're faced up against something, being flexible. And we, we, we point this to the growth mindset of, you know, mm-hmm. things, you know, we have to be open-minded to explore other things, whether that's somebody else's perspective, whether it's a different industry, whether it's changing our product or our service, um, but being flexible enough to pivot to allow ourselves to not get stuck somewhere. Really, right? yeah. that's how I view existential flexibility. And there's two great examples that I want to bring up. The first one is Netflix and Blockbuster. Like everybody knows the story of Netflix and Blockbuster, yeah. right? But not everybody really dives into, um, not everybody dives into like Netflix. I think until like last year, still had a, uh, a DVD business. Like there's like some Midwestern states. Interesting. Still, they still were like sending out DVDs and sending them back. And so, but the, I think the principle ties back to they were willing to take themselves out of business and be flexible to try something else. And Blockbuster wasn't right. Blockbuster was still continuing to yeah. be the number one rental, you know, rental video uh, movie company in the world. And you know, Netflix's pivot um, probably at the time probably cost them massive amount of money to to make this pivot, this transition. And maybe it wasn't widely adopted at first, but over time it obviously paid off for them versus, you know, we see where Netflix is now, we see where Blockbuster yeah. is now. And so this willingness to pivot, you know, it makes you wonder what were the execs of Blockbuster thinking in terms of not willing to pivot, not uh. willing to change their ways. And, you know, it goes back to, you know, we, we call it growth mindset, but yeah. them being closed-minded to think that, no, what we're doing is right and we want to win in this industry versus... Yeah. Uh, let Blockbuster uh, potentially flourish in another another service, another product. And, you know, so that's the one that I think everybody knows. Um, the one that I comes to mind for me is our good friend Ben from Pillow Bears. Yeah. And they opened up a myth and they weren't minting out, right? And so what did they do? They instantly, they, they came across this, this crisis and they had the flexibility to say, you know, we're going to pivot to something else that could potentially let us flourish over time. And so instead of trying to win the game that day, they said, you know what? Let's play the infinite game mind. You know, that, we're going to take that mindset and yeah. play. We're going to play the long game. We're going to play. We're going to provide value up front. And over time, we're going to build trust for people to understand that this is a project that should have been minted out instantly. We flash forward a year later. It was a huge move. It was a great move, right? Like, yeah. N- nobody, nobody denies what they I'm did, getting but, chills thinking about it. <laughs> but during that moment, they, they were faced with <laughs> existential crisis and have the confidence and the courage to pivot into something that allowed them to to mold into something great. And so that, to me, it's a great example of what Simon Singh was talking about because it wasn't really us first them. It wasn't really, it, it was just making a decision and being open-minded enough mm-hmm. to understand that it's not about winning the game. Like this is the, the overall concept of the infinite game is it's not about winning the game ever. They, mm-hmm. And actually they, they want to set themselves up in a way that they could never win the game technically. They, they want to set themselves up in a way where they continue to play the game forever. That's mm-hmm. that's the infinite game mindset. Is it's not the Stanley Cup. It's not you know minting out. It's not uh, getting you know 
a million dollars in, in royalty. It's about how can we continue to make this everlasting and how process. Make, yeah. how, exactly. Right. Yes. It's, it's all about the process yeah. versus the results. And so if they went in and, and, you know, Ben and team were like, we need to mint this out. If we mm. don't mint this out. Then I think we just kind of call, call wraps on this. How many projects have we seen do this? Too We're, many, way too, too many. So if you're if you're dialed in only to the result, only to winning the game, versus playing the game ever long, then we're holding ourselves back from our potential, right? So that's the that's the idea of the infinite game mindset, and um, yeah, Bad and Team did that. I think in one of the best case scenarios that we've yeah, seen. You know what though? Too, Lab, I think everybody knows. Like we're massive Kill Bears fans. They've got a kill a hat on right now too, a beanie hat on. But it's um. What they did was they, they bet on themselves because they knew what their skill set could be. They knew what they could deliver. They knew what they had planned. And the key statement in that little principle is prepare, right? Prepare for existential flexibility. So their ability, they've done their reps, right? They prepared over right. years. They had massive confidence and conviction in the creative abilities of, or sorry, not the creative ability, but the individual talents of everybody on their team. Like they, they knew what they had. It was up to them to show everybody else and prove to everybody else what they were. You know what I mean? And the talents that they have. And, and a year later, you can see that they're just they're just getting started right now. But um, you know, it's they they put their time in. They built. You know, I've talked to Ben about this on numerous occasions where, you know, he 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 failed when he was early, like in his early twenties, like you know, when he got out of college, like he failed and he learned and he put those time, he put that time and he put those reps in. And those are the reps that we always talk about. Like that's where that's where he got better. And he got better and he got better and he got better. And, and without those failures, you'll never develop the ability to to be flexible. You'll never develop de develop that ability to be able to pivot and to trust and to, it, it, we call it in sports handling adversity, right? You right. played hockey too. Uh, hockey is a game of adversity. It's going to happen all the time. How are you going to handle that adversity? You have to be exposed to it. You have to be exposed to difficult right. situations. You got to be, you got to be you have to confront challenges regularly and that's the only way that you're going to develop the confidence that you can be able to manage anything that's going to happen i completely agree it's such a i love that we brought it up and we we, we constantly find ourselves talking about this stuff but it's such a great example and, and the last principle coach b is uh find the courage to lead with the infinite mindset right so mm -hmm. um you think about courage you think about doing something that, you know, facing a fear, you think about doing something that other people are scared to do. And, um, I, I think what, when, when I think about that one for meta athletes and what we're building is we look at all the people that kind of folded up and like kind of quit a little bit early. And, um, you know, people come to me and like, you know, like after seeing the stuff, like, why are you guys still going? And it's because like all these principles that we talked about today, they're so top of mind for me, you know, we have a worthy cause. We're studying worthy rivals. We're building a, a, a trusting team. We're doing all these things that and we're, we're really to pivot when we need to pivot or we're really to come out with new things. What I see from teams that don't do this and don't have the infinite game mindset, they're doing the exact opposite, right? Mm -hmm. They're not doing anything. Why? Because they're scared to make a decision. They're scared, yeah. Yeah, and so that this is, if you, like, last thing we'll mention about killer bears, every, every month they come out with something, right? They're not scared to, like, put themselves out there and do something that, um, is going to allow themselves to be set up for opportunities to show people how much courage they have and having this infinite game mm -hmm. mindset. And so it's, uh, and same thing with meta athletes. You know, I would say like every two months we, we're doing something, you know, whether it's, or actually no, it is monthly because you know, we're, we're doing more programs. We're, we're developing yep. partnerships. We're, you know, 
playbooks, the, hand, the handouts, yeah. We're doing this podcast. We're, we're, we're providing value, you know, monthly, weekly. And I think that what's important to realize for um, the courage aspect of this all is um, there's not been a founder in this world or even a, a CEO or founder of a, a legitimate like one-two company that hasn't had to deal with this of like being scared of failure, being scared of, um, am I wasting, am I wasting, you know, critical moments of my life and time in my life to build something that eventually won't, you know, pan out, but there's something of value to realize that there's, and this is what we go back to all the time is it's not a loss, right? Like it, it might've just taken us, I mean, look at Azuki, the founder yeah. of Azuki, it took him two or three projects to the, of, of yeah. the failures to figure out how to build something of value. Is it so? Are those projects a failure? I don't think so because they 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 led to what ultimately became you know a project that you can be really well known for, and um, it's very very similar in the, in the world of entrepreneurship. There's always two or three businesses before the one that that really does well, and so you know courage to to think about failure is one thing, but also what I think about courage in this scenario is. We have failed multiple times, yet we're, will, we're still willing to come up and go back to our original concept that we brought on the podcast today. It keeps swinging the bat, right? So, yeah, being struck out, be you know, not getting hits, like all these things, and 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 I guess technical failures piling up, but still coming, you know, to the plate to hit. I think is that's what I think about when I think of like you know finding courage to lead because um, we've just seen it so much where there's founders where they don't mint out, they don't get momentum, and. They just, they call it and they're just like, well, you know what? They, they put the blame on like, you know, I put this out there. Yeah. Was the product market fit or the community did step up or all these things. But ultimately it's, do we continue to play the game or do we focus on the result? Like that's the big overarching uh, topic today. Well, if anybody quits that easily and I'm not going to, I'm not going to fool fool on anybody, but like if, if that's your mentality and that's your mindset, you're going to quit is the moment something gets a little bit difficult then do you really have the conviction in what you were trying to put out? Like, do you really no. have, you know what I mean? Do you have the passion behind it? Like, it, well, you can't fake it, right? <laughs> one, one other thing, like, we, we see a project, we won't, like you said, we won't bring it up, but they did pivot. They did find flexibility in that, you know, existential crisis, and they did go to a freeman, but they didn't have the courage to play that from the beginning, right? Like, they did do some of these things. They did, you know, a couple of these principles were taken by them, but... That's why that one really sticks out to me because it almost, it's almost like the the first four don't really matter if you don't have like a founder, a leader, a team yeah. that has the courage to keep pushing up forward in, in times of adversity, right? Like, I think that these are the times we should be building more and more, and the real builders understand that. But um, it's it's one that really sticks out to me, and so yeah, hope, Coach B. Hopefully, this one, uh, you know, talking about these principles, make you want to read that book, and uh, even some of our listeners to dive in. I, I think it's obviously you know, find your why or start with why. Yeah. The first one that we did with our book club was huge, and it's crazy that that book club. You know, there's only like been like four or five meetings with that club, but I can't tell you the amount of people that like reading that book uh, for the first time made such an impact in their day to day. This is another one where I, I truly feel like yeah. it could make a huge impact in somebody's day to day, just the way that they think because. The infinite game is not just a company. It can also be your personal life mission, right? And 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 applying these principles for your own self. So I did a um I recorded for with the odds and ends guys yesterday. And that was uh Bitfloor Ghost and then um Classic Craig. They're both in yeah, uh, the well, Craig's now in Meta Athletes now too, but um, you know, can we connected through Killer Bears and then through Pepe, but um, you know, Craig uh, we were talking about Meta Athletes and they talked about, you know, book club. And he was, his mind was blown. He's like, are you kidding me? He's like, 
I guess he tried to do that with with proof and with oddities, and it didn't it didn't work out very well. And so when I told him about you know we've only did one book and what we did, he's like he's like oh my god, he's like he's like this is amazing. He's like and he instantly he he bought two off a of second. He tried to go to the mint page. I'm like yo, mint's closed. You can't do it. Yeah. During the recording, he bought two, and so that's awesome. And and um, I think it just it kind of shows that what's gonna happen, like the things that are happening, the positive things are gonna happen because. We keep stepping up to the plate. We keep swinging. We keep showing up. We keep putting in the reps. And I think the the people that are still here are starting to realize, you know, obviously they're gaining trust in us, but the other thing too is people are starting to realize the value that meta-athletes can provide to them. Right. And like right. like fans always told you, like, Drew, this is like way early. Like this is like, this might be too much for, for most of the Web3 the crowd right now, like, and, and I think he was spot on. Like, I think the mastermind concept is it's, it was, and what you're seeing right now is the people that are still left behind are still the ones that are willing to show, show up, but they're the ones willing to get better. They realize that they don't have all the answers this and is, that they, they want to get better. It's, it's true. Anybody could benefit from, from being involved. And yes. it's not, it's not, you know, like, of course, I think we're of high value to people, but if you're a founder, I mean, look, there's like three or four founders and yep. we're seeing other founders experience burnout, like going to hospital. They're, they can't, they're, they're going so hard to the point where they cannot talk about these principles. They can't even display the principles if they're not in the right you know, frame of mind or if they're, you know, physically unable to, to participate. And so, um, as a founder, it's, it's so important to treat yourself like a high performer. And you talk about this all the time. It's like the recovery, the sleep, like that's, that's the key, right? Like, that, that's the key and the most critical aspect of most of this stuff. If you're a community member, then we also follow the same suit of like founders want their community to be able to participate. It's almost like it's almost like we're like at the almost at the end of the season or going to the Stanley Cup playoffs and everybody's getting injured and hurt and there's no like recovery process. There's no mm -hmm. there's nobody like telling them, you know, to to coach them and prioritize their it's almost like going into that scenario with like very, very little support and help and people are still pushing forward. And like, they're just kind of like dropping like flies. And so I, I view meta athletes as like, it, it makes sense for founders to push us to the community to keep them, you know, actively participating, to keep them, um, to keep them healthy, to put them in a scenario where they feel like they're supported and then vice versa. Community members want their founders to be taken care of. Yeah, they, yeah. they want their founders to be, um, treating themselves like a high performer in the sense of, are you taking care of yourself so that we can play the infinite game? Or are you trying to put everything you got into this like one last battle that we can potentially win or we lose and then like it's all over from there. And so that's, it's, it's, it's a great reminder. And so I, I love that tweet that we got today from, from the community member, but um, yeah, coach B, I think this is huge. What we should do is we should, uh, we should revisit this after we read the book. And maybe this is one of the, the next ones in our book club. We need to, uh, we need to get that launched and, and push forward again because I know there's a few team members that are waiting for it. But um, awesome conversation. I don't know how long this one went, but uh, I think this is probably one of our best ones. Yeah, definitely. I think they just keep getting better and better. And, and uh, if anybody wants to step up and lead the book club, that'd be awesome too. But this is, I'm going to add this to my list. It's a good one. All right, Coach B, appreciate your time. Thank you everybody for listening. Talk to you all next week.